Hello. Hello. Beat you to it. <laughs> Welcome back to Unfiltered Sisters Podcast. We're here with you today. The true crime episode. That means no peek in pit, no out of pocket, just straight to it. Hale, what are we what are we hearing today? We're talking about the toolbox killers. Ooh, I'm assuming it has to do with uh kids or something. Toolbox, not toy. Oh, I went <laughs> I went straight to toy box. Toolbox. No, I think that's a different one. But this is oh. toolbox, yeah. Okay, okay. She said kids. I mean they're they're kids, but they're not little kids. Okay, okay, let's get into it. Set the scene. Set the scene. <laughs> this is in California in like the nineteen seventies type vibe. I think so. Okay. Um, don't come for me if I'm wrong. How are you going to start a true crime episode and not have all the facts? I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> 1979 was like... Because this all happened over a five-month span. Okay. Okay. Are we good? Is everybody set? Are you feeling the vibes? <laughs> We're set. <laughs> um, There should also be very big trigger warnings. At okay. the the very beginning of this one. So um, if you're not into like... Well, obviously, I hope you're not into it. But I mean, like, <laughs> if you can't hear about, um, like, murder, um, there was rape involved, um, torture, stuff like that, you should probably click off. Well, I feel like you're kind of... You clicked on a true crime episode, so that's what you Yeah, you would hope. But, you know, I'm just going to put that warning there so nobody comes for me. Okay, okay. Because it gets a little, it's a little intense. Oh, oh, I'm intrigued. Let me yeah. sit up. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, first I'm going to tell you their names. Their names were, um, they were two men, Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. Okay? Okay. Now, now these dudes, let me, let me get y'all a little background on them first. We have way more on Bittaker than we do the, um, Norris guy. Why? Because, um, there is, I don't know why. I just found so much more information on him. And if you want to watch the documentary, there is a documentary on Peacock. Just type in the toolbox killer and it'll come up. Okay. Okay. So, Bittaker was born in 1940. His dad left the family when he was really young, but he was known to be like violent. He did not have like a happy childhood. And his mom, like, often neglected him and his brother. And she had a drinking problem. So it was just not a good time. And eventually she decided that um, she was going to give the kids, the boys, up for adoption, right? Yeah. So she gave the boys up for adoption. And sadly, they ended up being separated. And, oh, like, that sucks. Yeah, they went to different families. And so, like, when you get to his explanation for why things happened a lot of his anger he blamed on his mom and it was even said that he had made a plan to find her and kill her he didn't yeah but Is he she, blamed his mom so she was the alcoholic yes i wonder what happened in the house that was so bad for him to want to like go to that extreme it was just like not it was it seemed like it was a very toxic household for him never really got the love that like a kid should have, you know? So that had happened. 
And um, then he got adopted, and um, he said that that family was very unloving towards him as well. So he would, like, burn down sheds just to get attention. Like, he was doing... Yeah, he was acting out because he wanted attention. Um, He used to sneak out in the middle of the night, but sneak into other people's houses and, like, disturb items. Like, not do anything, but he would disturb items so that they would know somebody broke in just because he liked freaking people out. Like, he wanted... Yeah, already right off the bat, I'm thinking he's got like not only trauma or like childhood stuff going on, but like wanting to set things on fire and sneaking into people, like just messing with people. It makes me think he's got some type of other thing, like mental something. Yeah, he it was like the more I was finding out about his childhood, it was like you could see where he started acting out. And I was just kind of like, oh, no, like, oh, the signs were signing for sure. (laughs) And um, he ended up going to prison because a guy, he thought a guy was following him in the store, some something like that. And he ended up stabbing the guy. Again, the extremes. Yes. So he went to jail. Okay, so that's where he's at. That's my background for him. Then we have Norris. I don't have much on him or his childhood other than he was born in 1948 and he seemed to have like a relatively happy and normal childhood. Like he seemed to be well taken care of. But he ended up going to prison and becoming a registered sex offender because he had like multiple sexual assaults against him. Okay. Okay. So Bittaker and Norris ended up meeting in prison. And they ended up, like, like bonding where they came up with a plan that when they got out, they would start abducting girls and they would torture them and all this shit. Yeah. So they both ended up, they ended up getting released on parole in 1978 and 1979. And then once they were um, out, this is when they really started working on their plan. So it's one thing, like, obviously it's still disturbing if you're talking about it and making a plan, but they very much were acting on it almost immediately i wonder it's so weird to me when i hear that there's like a sex offender that just comes out the woodworks if they have like a great childhood and a relatively great life and then they just like do these things like it just boggles my mind because i'm like there's no way you were just born like that or you just decided to be that way like it i can't wrap my mind around it i'm like it has to some sort of like response from trauma or something like there's no way people are just born like that yeah I don't I don't know because it's like one of them you see he had like a really messed up childhood then the other one it said that he had a perfectly normal childhood so I was like oh very interesting yeah so like I said they met in prison they talked about it in prison then they both got out on parole And this is when they started acting on a plan. They purchased a van because obviously they said they wanted something that had like, you know, more room. Because Mm -hmm. when they were abducting these girls, they were doing it in the van. Like they had a bed in the van. And we'll get to all those details. But they called this van the Murder Mac. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Deep breaths, Maya. Your facials are making me nervous. It's crazy. 
I wonder if that's why, like, we all know today of the kidnapper vans, you know, they're always, like, the white trucks with no windows, or, I, it's so crazy that that, that time, you said it was, like, the late 70s? Yeah. I wonder if that was, like, the start, like, the years where the vans were getting very, very popular for this kind of thing. Well, like, also, hitchhiking was very popular around that time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so they purchased this van. It was called the Murder Mac. They made the van soundproof. They added police radar. They added locks that could be disabled from the inside. They made it to where it has blackout windows. They put a bed back there. And they had a torture toolbox. This is where the name toolbox killers come from because they like had the toolbox that they would use. And inside they had things like pliers and sledgehammers and ice picks. And literally just because. Just because they decided. they wanted to torture people and they wanted to rape young girls. Yeah, they've got to be sick in the brain somehow. I can't oh, see. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so they, uh, real quick, because I'm going to go each story, like, one by one. Okay. Multiple victims, I'm assuming? There were five victims in a total of five months. Okay. Now, there were, like, murder victims. It's known that there was a few other victims that ended up getting away, but um, only five total were murdered. Okay. Okay. So I just feel like real quick, I should like say their names and their age just so you can get a feel, you know? Okay. Okay. So the first one was Cindy Schaefer. She was 16 years old. Um, Andrea Hall. She was 18 years old. Jacqueline Gillum. I think that's how you say her name. If I say her name wrong, I'm sorry. Please don't come for me. (laughs) But she was called Jackie. Um, She was 15. There was Leah Lamp. She was 13. And then Shirley Lynette Ledford, and she was 16. So it seems like... Younger girls. Younger and younger. Yeah. Well, they... So it was said that their goal is they wanted one for, like, every teenage year, basically. Yeah. Why? Like, I don't understand this. I don't... I don't... I don't know. I'm telling you, when I was, like, watching this documentary, I was like, oh my god. I highly recommend watching it because we haven't done a lot of true crime episodes, so I'm still getting the feel of it, so I'm sorry if it's messy, y'all. But watch the documentary. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, now that you have a feel, I'm gonna go victim by victim. June 24th, 1979 was the first victim, and that was Cindy Schaefer. They had been driving around and smoking weed for 15 hours. Trying to find somebody? Yeah. Spotting people out, taking photos of girls. Like, that was their thing. They loved to take photos and record. They were just snapping photos of girls until they found one that they wanted to take. Ew. Yeah. What state, um, what state was this in? California. Oh, right, right. Okay. So, they had been driving around smoking weed for 15 hours And then they spotted Schaefer, Cindy, as she was walking home to her grandparents' house after a church meeting. She had been dropped off and then decided to leave the meeting a little early, and she was just trying to get back home. Damn, not after church. Yeah, and they asked her if she wanted a ride, and she said no. She said she was fine. 
but they ended up circling back around and they parked the car and then they forced her into the van and she screamed but they they got her in there she was known as a very smart and sweet girl they ended up kidnapping her and they tortured her and this was a direct quote that i took from the documents and stuff she told them she said i just want you to let me pray if you're gonna kill me damn yeah and they laughed at her and they said god isn't here only devils it was like very i'm not gonna lie it was a very hard case to read and stuff and so after they had um raped her and tortured her in the van they got her out of the van when they took her up on san gabriel mountains that's where they take i think like four of these victims just to give you a background like they would kidnap these girls and they would take them here and yeah so they took her up there then she ended up getting out of the van after all this and they were trying to strangle her with a hanger a hanger you know like those wired ones oh yeah so they were like both there but when norris saw cindy crying while they were strangling her he went to the side of the road and threw up because mind you this was the first victim that this had happened and is norris is the one that had a good childhood yeah he was the one who had the sexual assault counts do we know much about the sexual assault accounts? Is it, like, a 18-year-old and a 16-year-old? Or was, like... I, have- I know, some, some people get on the sex offenders list for something as simple as a parent press charges. Right. I don't think it was that. I think he was a genuine, like... Gotcha. He So, he's okay with sexually assaulting people, but he's not okay with murder. Got it. Okay. No, this was, like, his first time. So, he went to the side of the road, and he threw up. And then, Bittaker went to get the pliers, and he used that to tighten the hanger around her neck. And then, strangle her to death. And then, when she was dead, he put her in a shower curtain that he had in the van, and they threw her down. They threw her down like the hill. And her body was never found. Really? Even though yeah. she was like out in the open, just thrown somewhere? Well, I mean, it's all these mountains and steep hills and shit. Oh, I, I haven't been there, so I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I looked at photos. That helps a lot, to be honest. So that was the first victim. That was Cindy. Like I said, her body was never found, even to this day. Because I did like try to catch up after the documentary. And still has not been found. So how did the police know that that missing person was connected to the toolbox people? There's a confession at the end. Okay. Okay. I we'll get there. Spoil the ending for you. <laughs> let me guess. Actually, you know what? Let, let me keep my guesses to myself. When we get to the end, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, girl, I ain't going to tell you if you're right or wrong. <laughs> Okay, moving on, we have the second victim. This is Andrea Hall. This happened two weeks after Cindy. Damn. Yeah. Like I said, this was all within five months. Well, I thought, like, five victims, five months, that'd be, like, one victim a month to kind of clear their head, maybe try something else, clean stuff up. You would think. But Cindy was June... Andrea was in July. 
Damn, okay. Yeah. This is two weeks after. She went to the beach with her sister and her sister's kids. So she had had, like, a really fun day. She had been out, you know, having a good time with the family. And then she decided to hitchhike to her boyfriend's house because he didn't live too far away. And keep in mind that hitchhiking was very, like, considered the norm. Right. Time. So, she, they had saw, they seen her trying to hitchhike, but she didn't get in their car the first time. She got into somebody else's car, and they ended up following that car. Now, they didn't drop her off completely at her boyfriend's house. They just took her as far as they were willing to go, and then they let her out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, then, they had been following her, and they saw this, and then they were like, um, hey, do you want to ride the rest of the way? And she said yes, because she wasn't to her boyfriend's house yet, and that's where she was trying to go. So, like I said, they had just been following her. Man, people are too trusting. Yeah. Okay, so she said yes. She agreed to the ride because she wasn't to her boyfriend's house, and she was just trying to get there. So, then when she had gotten to the van, um, that's when things started acting different. Like, they started being weird towards her. She could tell the vibe was off. And that's when they picked her up. And she she was fighting. She kept trying to fight them off. And um, they took her up. They ended up knocking her out. They took her up on that hill to take photos of her. Like Before, like she, said, before they killed her, they took pictures of her? Yeah. They like to take photos. This is reminding me a little bit of Jeffrey Dahmer. Like that one documentary on Netflix. I just want to take a picture. Well, they took photos of her while she was bound and told her, they told her that they were going to kill her and then took a photo of her reaction. Like, they took a photo of her live reaction to them saying that they were going to kill her. That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a keepsake? Yeah, this is what they did. They, Bideker especially, he liked, he liked recording and he liked photos and he liked when they screamed he like got off on it that's disgusting yeah so they took the photo of her live reaction and then um this was the first victim that had an ice pick through their ear you remember me saying in their toolbox wait go back an ice pick an ice pick he put an ice pick through her ear because he had saw in a movie that they put an ice pick through somebody's head and it killed them instantly. Am I dumb or like what what's an ice pick? It's like this long like like metal looking thingy kind of sharp like pointy. I'm about to look it up. One sec. One okay. sec. I don't know what an ice pick is. I feel so stupid. <laughs> Girl, I didn't either. I thought you like mispronounced something. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So like I said, he had seen this. This was after they took photos of her. Like, sexual photos, said they were going to kill her. And then he put the ice pick through her ear, and he thought it would instantly kill her, like what happened in the movie. Now, he... Not your ear. It's, like, through your ear to your brain. Oh, I was thinking just, like... No, 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 no. Yeah, like, in the ear through the head. Gotcha. Okay, I could see how that could kill somebody, yeah. Yeah, and he thought it would happen instantly, but... It's life's not a movie. It didn't happen right. that way. It didn't kill her. So then he instantly started like strangling her. 
to me, I just thought like maybe it was like a panic moment of, oh shit, this didn't work how I thought it was going to work. Yeah. Now I need to do this. So, so Nora, his name's last name is Norris. Norris and Bittaker, yes. So Norris never put his hands on them? No, Norris did. Okay. I think it, it was that first one, because he helped a lot with that first one, but it made him sick. Gotcha. So, but no, he definitely got involved. Okay. Very I just much. didn't know if there was, like, since he was the sexual assault person, I didn't know if he was more into, like, that kind of act, and then the other guy was more so into hurting people, so they had, like, this yin and yang type thing going on. Bittaker, he was into both. To, like I said, there was way more information on him than there was Norris, but Bittaker, he was into both. Okay. Like, I the one who got off and wanted to record because he liked when they would scream. And all this other stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so they strangled her. They also threw her down that hill. And she was never found as well. That's just so crazy to me. That there's certain parts of the world. in like you would never know. You'd never find. Right. Yeah. Scary. And that's so sad for the family too. Because they don't even get that closure. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was a lot. And I'm so, sure, like, them just laying there for a while not being found, I'm sure the animals got to them. Right, 100%. That, insects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like I said, first two victims were never found. At least, not not as of now. Um, now we get into the third and fourth victims. These two girls were together. They were friends. They were hanging out. What? So they think they can take down two females and then they can take two at the same time? Like, as if it's a level up? I mean, I guess. I think they just liked the girls, to be honest. And when, in the documentary, Bittaker, when he was saying stuff, he said sometimes the girls, like, made it too easy. The ones who were, like, hitchhiking and willingly got in. Oh my god, please. That's the same as, like, your clothes dictate if you're gonna get raped or not right yeah that's uh-huh. the same category yeah it is it's the most dumbest thing i've ever heard a hundred percent these two girls were jackie and leah they were friends they were hanging out this is september 1979 are these the younger two um yeah 15 and 13 okay these victims they were going to the beach together But they stopped like a block away from the beach and they sat at a playground. Now they had been watching them. So they saw them at the playground and then they started hitchhiking. Now I remember in the documentary, Vidikar saying like they were only a block from the beach. They could have just walked. Yeah, it was a comment like that. I don't know word for word, but I know it was like that because I remember being like, what a fucking ass. Yeah, were their parents there? Because I feel no. like 13 and 15, maybe the 15-year-old being at the park would be okay, but I don't see myself leaving, like, a 13-year-old alone. Yeah, but this was different times. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. This was, like, the 70s. Because I hear mom tell stories all the time about the 90s being able to wander. So, okay. Let me yeah. back up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, street lights are on. Right, right, right. But, um... Yeah, so they stopped at the playground, they were hanging out, and then they put their thumb out as they were trying to hitchhike a ride to the beach. Um, They willingly got into the van. 
and they had I forget what it's called but they had like this black sack and there was stuff inside and he used that to hit um Leah over the head to try and knock her out yeah inside the van yes and so then obviously Jackie started freaking out and they had stopped and um when they stopped Leah had woken up and she tried to get out of the van and so when she got out, she tried, well, she didn't like get out, get out, but she like screamed. And this was in front of a tennis court. So people saw this. And did nothing. No, they did nothing. She got out and screamed and then they put her back in the van. I forget the exact words they said, but they made an excuse as to why she was screaming. Like she was just having a moment or something. I would hope that the people that were witnessing this just kind of assumed it was apparent in a fight with their child type thing because like this the kidnapper vans weren't really known back then i'd say as they are now right so if i was at a tennis court and i I don't know because i I don't know if i'm at a tennis court and i see a girl try to hop out the van and she's screaming and a guy pushes her back in no oh maybe not the push but maybe like arguing and stuff, I might be like, oh, but not with a van. Now, now that right. I know about kidnapper vans, I'd be like, oh, hell no, somebody go grab that child. Like, you know, I wouldn't do it, period, because uh, what? No. Yeah. I would just, I guess that's me trying to like <laughs> make the other people sound better because I, I also can't wrap my mind around somebody just watching this happen and not doing that's anything. That's what else. I said. I said it was literally in front of a tennis court and nobody thought, n- nobody did anything. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. So he then hit her again and put her back in the van. During this time, they found out that Jackie was a virgin. Now, for some reason, that that really got them going. And they wanted to record raping her. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is she the 15-year-old or the 13-year-old? Jackie is the 15-year-old. Okay. I keep getting them mixed up. Yeah, that makes sense. I did, too, when I was first doing the research. (laughs) So, when they found out, they wanted to record, and they took them up to that same hill where they took lots of photos, and they made Jackie pose while she was, like, bound, but... Like, they would make her smile, but you can just, like, you know what I mean? Like, I refuse to look at the photos. I'm sorry, guys. So, I can't, like... Well, yeah. I don't want to see the photos either. Exactly. Yeah. But they took photos. They made them pose and, like, like sexually do stuff. And um, it was just very uncomfortable. Like I said, he wanted to record. He did record these girls. And if they did not scream... He would inflict pain so they would scream because he he got off on the screaming so this was the longest they had ever kept girls like they normally like killed them within the same night they held these girls for 48 hours very interesting because because they were like oh well we didn't have work the next day like we had the time basically yeah so they slept in the van with these girls And they tortured them and they recorded. And I don't know. That was just so like, just like 48 hours. Yeah. Um, They put a ice pick 
through Jackie's head. Like they did with the last victim. But this time he tried to pull it out of her head. But the handle came off. Ooh. So the needle, Ooh. the needle kind of part thing was stuck. But the handle was out. That is very graphic. Oh my yeah. god. Which is why like I, I tried to leave some details out. Because I didn't want Maya to throw up on y'all. Yeah, for yeah. real. This is why I can't do true crime, y'all. I can't. I can read thrillers, but I can't hear them. What? I was going to say, I tried to do so censored for you, too. Like, <laughs> um, I promise, guys, though, like, our next case will be way more detailed. I just wanted Maya to get a feel of it. I wanted her to dip her toes in first. <laughs> yeah. We're letting her get a little taste. But, um, yeah. He ended up tossing those two girls down, too, after they killed them. And those were the only two victims that were found on the mountain. Really? And they were dumped in the same spot? Yeah, I think so. Well, no, no, no. Not all the girls. I don't think he went to, like, the exact same spot every single time. Gotcha. Just a different part of the area. Yeah. Gotcha. Those two girls, their remains were found. And there was a photo that I did see. It was... Jackie's skull with the ice pick through her ear. Oh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, but it's like the bone, so you know what I mean? Right. So when did they find them? Shortly after it happened or, like, years later? Is this recent news? That one I'm not for sure on because in the documentary, it didn't tell me. The documentary said that they were just the only two girls found. And I, I think this stuff, like, happened once they got caught do you know what i mean because there were victims who had escaped so the police had a description of these guys but they had it they they weren't did they know that i mean they had to have known that if somebody had escaped on them that they were going to go tell the police they weren't scared or did no they well i mean it wasn't really their intention to let the girls get away I know, but knowing that you have somebody out there that knows what you do, like, that didn't scare them at all? Well, clearly not. I don't know what- Yeah, yeah they- it, it was- it was some fucked up shit. Did they show the photos on the documentary? Some, yes. Okay. But not, like, not, like, faces, not super graphic stuff. Okay. Yeah. So those two girls, they were found- the mountaintop, those were the only two girls because the other two were not found. Now we're moving on to the fifth and final murder victim. This was Shirley. This was on Halloween, 1979. Okay. So she had went to a Halloween party that night, as teenagers tend to do, you know. And she was trying to hitchhike home. And unfortunately, these were the two guys who picked her up. They immediately, like, almost immediately began attacking her and tried to hit her with the knife. But she, she tried her best to defend herself. Like, she is a bad bitch. She grabbed the knife blade with her hand. Damn. Yeah, because there's a photo of her finger, like, cut really badly because she was trying to defend herself. Bittaker is the one who tried to use the knife against her, and that's when she defended herself. Now, this time, 
they did not bring this girl to the mountaintop. They brought her to like a little gravel path where Just they a then one? Yeah, it was on somebody's property. Oh my god, can you imagine going into like your backyard? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's like house, but it, you know what I mean? Like it has to be I get what you're saying. Yeah. But they brought her to the gravel path where they they raped her and they tortured her and they made her act like she liked it. Ew, bro. This yeah. is my other question. Like for all of these girls, were they just like taking turns or did they pick and choose who got which girl? Like I think it was like a, a take turn type thing. Okay. Yeah. Like I think they're both equally fucked up. The, these poor girls, I can't imagine. 100%. 100%. He got pissed at Shirley because she wasn't making noises. Like I said, he got off on the screams. Well, hell. I yeah. ain't. If I'm so, gonna die, <laughs> I ain't doing that. Because she wouldn't, she wouldn't scream or nothing. So he then used pliers and a screwdriver to inflict pain on her. So that she would scream. And so he could get the screen. Like so he could record it. Because he would use this stuff like it was his porn. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm hoping the police found all of these videos. We will get there. Okay. Norris then strangled her with the hanger. And he also used like the pliers to tighten it. And then they left her body on somebody's property. Like I said, so the, these other girls were thrown down the hill, down the mountain. They left her on somebody's property because they wanted her to be discovered. They wanted it to be in the papers. They wanted people to be freaked out. They wanted the attention. Now, at this point, they had already taken photos of other girls. And they already had a plan for what they were going to do. And so now they started, they wanted, they wanted to fuck with the cops, basically. How, like, they've got to be so sick and twisted in the mind. Like, yeah. what kind of game is this? Like, you get to your fifth victim, and now all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, come get me. Like, they, Well, because these girls were going missing, and they hadn't been finding them for real, so they were doing it to mess with the cops. Now, like I said, the day before was Halloween, right? Oh, I see. Oh, so that, that's an added this, layer. This lady went out the next day and, like, just assumed that her yard was a mess from Halloween. She thought she was a mannequin at first. Dude, that, yeah. oh my god, that would be so scary. Yeah. I was like, I could not imagine. Because she really thought it was just some Halloween decoration. So did she leave the body there? But she called the police, obviously was like picking up her yard and everything and when she saw it then she got closer but when she saw that it wasn't a mannequin she went and called the police i would literally have to move yeah i was like no no i can't like i said they had had plans for other victims but norris got a little too happy about his plans and he met up with an old friend, and he started bragging to him. He told them about the things they had done and their future plans. 
And this guy was also a serial rapist, and it was his friend. Oh, so he didn't care. That's, I'm pretty sure that's what he was thinking. But this guy was so disturbed by all the stories and what they were saying, he reported it to um, the Hermosa Beach Police. So he reported them. So this friend, had he been to prison, served his time? Yeah, I'm pr- I think they met in prison. Don't quote me on that, gall. But they okay. they were old friends. And he had also had a record. And um, so Maybe he was trying to turn a new leaf and he was like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah, w- one would hope. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad he turned them in versus not saying anything. Right, because my first thought is, oh, he thinks this is going to be. Yeah, I know. You was ready to go. You was like, so what the fuck? So then the police, like I said, if you remember, there was a victim who got away. So they had a description, but they didn't have like the the full puzzle. They didn't have all the pieces. So now they're starting to piece it together. And the police started to trail Norris. And one day he went into the store or he went into a building and they found, they went just to peek in his window. Guess what was sitting in the seat? Oh my god. In a, in like a bag that was like open. What? Marijuana. So maybe they couldn't catch him on the murders yet, but I mean. Oh my god, I love when cops do that. Yes. And they arrested him for going against his parole. Once he came out. Now, on the phone was Bitteker. So in his head... He was getting, like, he he knows he got arrested. So now he's over here, like, oh, shit. But they searched, when they arrested Norris, they were able to search his house. And they found a lot of photos. Like, a lot. So that was the damning evidence right there. Yeah. But um, there was also a lot in the van. But when he heard that Norris got arrested, he started cleaning out the van. Like, getting rid of evidence. Now, for the most part, he did a really good job of getting rid of evidence. Except, he liked to record. And those little, um, you know, those pl- the tape players? Uh-huh. He left a tape in that. So, for the most part, damn. he cleaned the van pretty damn good. But he forgot about that. You're tape. talking about... The, our uh, our Gen Z is showing here. You're talking about uh, what? Is, what is it called? Instead of a CD, it's on the tip of my tongue. Somebody's gonna yell at us. I know. Uh, man, what are they called? It's it's not a VHS. That's a TV. Man, mom would be so disappointed right now. What are those called? I'm forgetting. <laughs> I can hear her. I'm trying not to laugh in this episode, man. Basically. Instead of the CD, where you put a CD in, you put a tape in. Yes. Okay, gotcha. I got the picture. So he accidentally left that in there. So he was listening to it while he was driving or something? No, it's not like... It wasn't connected to the car. It's just one of those tape players. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah, I guess I just thought that you were talking about a tape that he put in. Anyways, it doesn't matter. (laughs) We're getting off, off track. So he left something in the car, got it. He left the tape in the car. And so then they were hearing this, and you can clearly hear what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, Ugh, torture. Okay. Yeah. 
So now they had what they needed to arrest Bittaker. They went and broke down his door and arrested him while he was in the shower. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. So now they are both arrested. Norris confessed. But he insisted that Bittaker was the he was the mastermind. And he did this in Oh, well, of course. He did this in exchange for a plea deal. See, I always there was something about Norris. I just the good childhood is what really did it for me. I was like, nah, like in my mind, I thought this entire time he was going to be the one to crack. He was the one that was going to be a bit more sensitive about this whole thing. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, he testified against Bittaker and pled guilty to five counts of murder, two counts of forcible rape and robbery. And he was sentenced to 25 years to life. But he died of natural causes while still incarcerated in 2020. Oh, okay. So he was like in his 80s. He was like right. 70 something. Oh. Man. And what about Bittaker? Norris's plea, like his testifying, really, really, really sealed the deal for Bittaker. Not only that, but jail inmates testified that Bittaker signed Pliers Bittaker, like as an autograph, as a reference to his favorite his favorite torture tool. So he's over here doing okay. autographs. And, like... Who wants an autograph from this man? Right. He was found guilty on 26 counts of murder, kidnapping, criminal conspiracy, rape, oral com- compilation, sodomy, and being an ex-felon with a firearm in his possession. So he locked away for hell. He was sentenced to death for his crimes in 1981, but he ended up dying of natural causes in 2019. Wait, I guess it's like so death were... row or something. Yeah, but hold on, repeat that. He was sentenced to death for his crimes in 1981, but he ended up dying in, of natural causes in 2019. Oh, okay. For some reason, when you said sentenced to death, I thought it was like the death penalty. I don't. Oh no, too too. I was like, so. Yeah, I was thinking like, so he got death penalty, but then he got to stay. But okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they're both gone now. Yes, they have both passed away. Okay. I'm surprised I haven't heard about this before, this story. Yeah, it was it it was intense. And like I said, y'all, there is a documentary, and I'm sorry this probably wasn't the best like organized, but we'll definitely get better as we go. Yeah. And I needed Maya to ease into it just a tad. <laughs> oh god. I don't know how y'all sleep at night listening into this shit. Your next case, you will have all the deets. And because um, soon, later this month, we'll be covering Gypsy Rose since she's out of prison now. So stay tuned for that one, too. Yes, well. I can't deal. Well, now that I'm home alone and um, scared, this shall be a fun night. <laughs> <laughs> home alone and scared. Yeah. So that's great. Thank you so much for the information, Haley. <laughs> You're welcome, Pookie. Is that everything you had? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad that they are no longer a problem, to say the least. Oh, me too. I was so nervous to cover this case. So I, I looked it up to make sure they had passed. Oh, okay. Do, did they happen to have any families themselves? I can't find it. Yeah, I, I can't find anything 
about their families either. I wonder if they kept that under wraps. I mean, that's probably a smart thing to do because I wouldn't want to be associated with those people. Especially for, like, safety reasons in case somebody wanted to come after me for something a family member did. Yeah. That's wild. Okay, I'm seriously deleting my history because I don't want TikTok thinking I want to see this shit. I don't want... I don't want ghosts to come after me. I don't want the government to come after me. (laughs) This is why I don't do true crime, Haley. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to our very first true crime episode. Well, I guess official true crime episode. Yeah. As always, we will talk to you guys next week on Wednesday. Period. Okay, bye. Pookie.